On this episode, I update everyone on the capture of the Idaho massacre suspect. I discuss two business partners shooting each other. I talk about a CHP commander doing bad things. And I cover a whole bunch of other stuff, including the results of a poll. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound Live for January 2nd, 2023. everyone. It is Unfound Live for January 2nd, 2023. It is here. 2023 is here. There's no avoiding it. We are in it now for the next 355, 54 days, however you want to calculate it. We're in it. There's no backing out now. Hoping it's going to be a a great year. And there's every reason it should be. You know, we have uh, some tough things economically going on, inflation and things, but that doesn't mean you can't personally have the best year of your life. Things are going to happen. A lot of that stuff is totally out of your control. And I think it's best to remember that. Just work on the things that are in control of your life. Probably not a lot, but enough to make this year a fantastic one. Me, um, got plans. I'll be talking about some of those things, uh, both involving myself and the podcast and everything else connected to Unfound. But before I get into any of that, I hope you will give this video a thumbs up. Just do it right now so you don't forget later. I don't want it to be two hours from now and you're logging off after I end the stream and you're like, oh, dang, I forgot to give it a thumbs up. Gosh darn son of a buck. Just do it right now. Just do it right now. You're going to feel really good about yourself. You want to start out 2023 on a good good note. Give this video a thumbs up right now. You know what else is going to make you feel really good? If you're not yet a subscriber to this channel, just doing so right now. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, let's say January 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, whenever, just go to YouTube, find this channel, subscribe to it. It's going to make your 2023 a whole heck of a lot better. You know what else is going to make your 2023 a lot better? Maybe you go over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast and join us there support what we do that way or being that we're just right here on youtube tonight you can hit the join button below and also if you support what we do if you like what we do if you think we're doing a heck of a job here all you have to do is join this channel goes a long way toward helping us out So let's see who's in here, and I'll get into some of this stuff. Rebecca, Rebecca, are you new? I I apologize if you've been in here before and uh, haven't recognized your name, but hello, Rebecca. Good 
Good to see you. Numero uno. Orky. Hello, Valerie and assistant Carrie. Look at you. Karen, everything 2020. When are you going to change that to everything 2023, everything? Just asking. Kathy, good to see you. The Real coming to us from Australia. Mark and Indy. Uh, Nephew Charles got to see his mother uh, while I was back in Pennsylvania. It was great seeing her. In fact, I posted a picture of with me, her, and our brother Michael. Suzanne, good to see you. Melissa says, I wish I could post my 2023 memes in chat. We need to start the year off with some smiles. Yeah, uh, yeah, too bad. As long as they were PG, we, you could probably do that, Melissa. Deborah, good to see you with the peace sign. Yeah, we need some peace here in 2023. I agree. Jody, assistant Cherie, the moderator, had a great meeting with her and my other assistant, Eric, last Wednesday. Twinkle. What's going on, Twinkle? Spleen, good to see you. Um, I always like the videos days after I miss it. Never miss the pod, though. Thank you, Melissa. And uh, Barbara, what's going on? And Deborah, thank you for the contribution. That's another way you can contribute to Unfound and what we do here. If you support, if you like in what we do here, if Unfound, maybe you're a newer listener, or maybe you've been with us since 2016, if you like what we do. Uh, what Deborah has done there is hit the super chat button and you can hit that button anytime during the next two hours. If you'd like to contribute to unfound, that's the little box with the dollar sign in the middle of it. Thank you. And look at that little Fox, uh, giving me a little smile and a little nod. I love that Deborah. Thank you, Rebecca. And then Glenn, what's going on, Glenn? All right. Getting started 2023. So what's going on? Um, Of course, as you can see, I am back in Florida. I flew back here last Friday, uh, January, December 30th. It was a smooth flight. It was not delayed like my flight to Pennsylvania was. We took off on time. And in fact, the plane landed uh, a bit early, which was nice. Got picked up my bro- by my brother Brian and got uh, brought back here, although it took like an hour and a half. It was very busy out here at the beach going into this past weekend due to New Year's. Not only was it New Year's, but it was New Year's on a weekend, which probably bums out like a lot of um, students and things who think they, of course, you might get a longer Christmas break if Christmas and New Year's falls like on a Wednesday or something. So you don't get the additional weekends and the uh, days off. You only get, it's like both together. It's like a double whammy of badness. So uh, that's why it was so busy out here. It was, um, I can tell you, traffic was a little heavier out here this past weekend than usual. On top of everything else, we have all the snowbirds who are, are here now. Anytime they want to go back to wherever they're from, they can do that. So I'm back here. And everything is uh, great. Everything just as I left it. Uh, Nothing, I don't think anything weird or strange happened while I was gone. Um, Had a good, very quick seven to eight days with my dad. Uh, Got to see, um, I was going to see my buddy Brad, but he unfortunately got COVID while I was back there. So we didn't get to meet. But... um, 
I did uh, get to see, of course, my brother Michael. Spent New Year, uh, Christmas Eve with him. His his uh, wife and her brother had a great Italian meal on Christmas Day. I think I talked about this last live, last live show. Um, got together uh, with my dad's friend uh, Patsy and his wife Helen and their daughter, her husband, and her son on Christmas Day, which was fantastic. In fact, I was talking to my dad today and I was just telling him, you know, what a great idea that was that he put that together. And then the day after the last live show, so last Tuesday, I went out to my sister's and saw um, her and my brother Michael again. And that's where we took that picture. We went out to eat, went out there to Ohio. It's not really that far of a drive from my dad's place. Had a great time. And uh, then my dad and I came home. It was very bitterly cold that first weekend while I was there, down to like minus 30 with the windshield. But by the time Friday rolled around, it was like into the 40s and 50 degrees and all the snow had melted. Dad and I um, just hung out, had some good meals, uh, took me to all his places that he usually goes uh, for breakfast and lunch, which was cool. And then I flew back here. I know it was tough for him to see me leave, but that's just the way it goes. And then on Saturday, this past Saturday, I didn't do anything. I, I was back here by midnight, but this complex where I live, they had a Christmas or a New Year's Eve party, New Year's party, and it was fantastic. A lot of people showed up, really nobody that I knew, but I really don't run into a lot of people around here. But it was fantastic meeting some of them. I mean, they must have had, I don't know, 40 people show up or something, 30 to 40 people. Everybody brought a dish or dessert or whatever. I brought a shrimp uh, cocktail, one of those platters, and some ginger ale because I don't drink. And the food was spectacular. I mean, it was like scary good. And... um just had a good time hanging out, getting to know some people, watch some football. And I was probably there from like 5.30 to 8.30, something like that. And then about the halftime of the Ohio State-Georgia game, um, I came back up here and just chilled. And I was up till maybe 1 a.m. or something like that. So usually I'm in bed and sleeping before midnight. So at least I was up past midnight this year. But it was really good. The, the had uh, – I don't know. Um, of course, the shrimp that I brought, had all sorts of crazy desserts, meatballs, um, shish kebabs, uh, like macaroni salad, which I love, although I'm not supposed to eat it. Uh, a lot of great stuff. Um, sushi rolls, um, all sorts of, uh, all, just a wide array of stuff that people brought. And these people can cook. So it was really cool, really laid back, had a really good time, didn't know, I was a little nervous, knowing that I wanted, you know, I didn't know anybody there, but really talked to a lot of great people. In fact, the people who live right next to me, who are who are just here part of the year in 8C, I'm in 8B, they're in 8C, they were there, I got to know them. So that was good. And uh, really, that's uh, what I did, and, and Sunday was a usual Sunday yesterday, and then today I finally got out and threw, uh, did some disc throwing for the first time in like, I don't know, three weeks. 
because I'm playing in a one-round tournament on Friday right here locally. So I thought maybe I should get out and throw a little bit. And boy, am I rusty. I have no idea how I'm going to play. So that's what's going on for me since uh, you saw me last. Uh, Melissa says, I truly enjoy your narratives, your life. I, I think, uh, Melissa, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I think that uh, people like to know about these things. And it's important for me. I, I reason I talk about it is I know new people are finding this live show, the podcast all the time. And I think it helps when people feel like, even though maybe very, very few of you are ever going to meet me in person, that you still feel like you know me and that you can trust me, that I'm telling you the truth, that you can rely on me, uh, and that when I'm doing this job that I do, that I'm doing it in the most honest, best way possible. And I think one of the ways that gives you reassurance is hearing about what goes on in my life, um, because it's very important what we do here. It's very difficult topic that we cover. So this is why I do these things. Not to brag. There's no bragging here. I mean, I live a, trust me, I live a pretty, pretty boring life. Uh, So there's no bragging. There's really no bragging or anything that's going on or anything. I just think that um, by me telling you about at least some of my life, it reinforces uh, the podcast as a whole. Uh, Cherie, you shouldn't have. Cherie, 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 thank you, Cherie. You are very generous. You shouldn't have. Thank you so much. Um, just wanted to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to Unfound and all the subs. We thank you so much for your support, Cherie. Thank you uh, so much. You are something else. Uh, Delane, Melissa, the football games, the New Year, they were they're very close. The highlight of the night, and, you know, I miss Duran Duran, uh, Melissa. I, I'm kind of kicking myself for that. Love, I'm a big Duran Duran fan. Jody, uh, Karen, do your neighbors know you're a famous podcaster? Uh, I, we talk, I talked about it. Uh, people, you know, people I'm getting to know for the first time at this party. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, they do now. I don't know if they knew before. Surely not. But they know now, and we have some decent conversations, and, We'll see if they uh, choose to tune in. I hope they do. And Kathy's thanking Cherie. And Delane's thanking Cherie. Uh, grateful. Thank you, Valerie. Everything says you can have a brag, Ed. You deserve it and have done well with Unfound. Thank you. What we're going to be talking about is changes that are coming to Unfound here in 2023 so as to make Unfound even better. But Some of those things, uh, like I said, great New Year's party. Some of my New Year's resolutions, sometimes I stick to them, sometimes I don't. One of the big ones, I'm not necessarily uh, going on a diet or anything. I've already started to work out again, and I went through the discs today. Probably I'll go ride my bike tomorrow if it's nice, which I think it's supposed to be. But... I need to watch my eating, and I don't mean from a um, a calories point of view, but as I continue to talk about it, and I really got into a conversation with my sister because she has uh, you know some of the sa- some of the same issues I do. Is there's just things I can't eat. There are just too many foods that my body does not 
like. It's not like um, I'm going to throw up or anything, but when they're working their way through my system, I know. And it's a combination of genetic stuff, enzyme stuff, um, allergy stuff, and uh, I really have to watch all the FODMAP stuff, my fructose and stuff with natural sugar in it and stuff. My body just does not like that stuff at all. Like, um, you know, I'm going to have to start staying away from gluten and, and all of that stuff really, 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 because it is it is getting worse. It's a very common thing. A lot of people have it. But I've had food allergies for a while, but I, I kind of suspected as I was getting older that it would be getting, um, you know, even more sensitive. So in 2023, that's one of the things that I'm really, really, really going to have to do. The good news is that meat is no problem. Chicken is no problem. Dark chocolate is no problem. But milk chocolate is, um, you know, I can't hardly eat any fruits anymore. There are many vegetables I cannot eat. Um, you know, I can have all of like the junk in the world. I can eat like potato chips and things. But don't eat an apple head or you'll pay for it. So like I can eat cooked chicken wings and hot wings. They no problem. Hot sauce, no problem. Just a lot of other things are no good. So that is my number one personal resolution for 2023 that I really have to get a handle on this. Like I said, it's not like I'm gonna throw up or anything. It just makes my existence a little uncomfortable. Let's just put it that way. Um, uh, Shri is certainly uh, one of the backbones of Unfound. That is true. Uh, gone to her a lot for advice, and I, I deeply uh, appreciate everything. Appreciate everything that she has done and said for Unfound uh, since she came on board in 2018. That is for sure. Um, Delane says, I need an escape. You have picked Ingrid up and put her outside and locked the door. Uh, Ozzy, Tony says, Ozzy looks great. It's called getting older at IT's. I am getting older. We're all getting older. And hello to you, Tony, by the way. It is, um, it is getting, uh, yeah, I'm getting older. Now, moving on, I'm just going to do a little show and tell. I did get some things for... Christmas that I want to show all of you very quickly. Of course, for you podcast people, you're going to miss it. Um, got some cards. This is a card. Whoops. This is a card from my dad's friend, Dottie. And I got a card from Kathy, who is in the group. Hello, Kathy. Thank you for the card, Kathy. And I got a card from my niece, Ashley, and her husband and their daughter, Dahlia, right there. And I got a, I got a card uh, and uh, something from my assistant, Emily. This is the card that she sent me. And, and she sent me an Arkansas shirt, which I didn't bring out here, but I posted it on my personal page on Facebook. She sent me an Arkansas Razorback shirt. My assistant, Emily, is from Arkansas, and she's a huge University of Arkansas fan. She sent me a shirt. It's spectacular. Got a calendar uh, for of my uh, Charlie, 
These are Charlie's kids. You see Charlie in the in the group? These are his kids. That's my nephew. These are his kids. I got your calendar, Charlie. So it's right up here on the counter by uh, my computer, Charlie. See, your, your mother gave it to me. And then I got a card from um, some people who helped me uh, with my money and investing and everything. I got a card from them. So see, Charles, I see you got that calendar right there. You see your mother's uh, doing your bidding there, Charles. And I uh, had I had the other one from 22 right up here. It's always I'm always looking at it when I'm doing work sitting at this desk. And now we got for 2023. So thank you. Um, Melissa said that fob that died is brutal. I feel for you. Things right in my, itself for me after a while. My resolution is no gluten. Also, Delane says celiac disease is really getting me. I don't think I have that, Delane. I think it's just. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just the genetic thing, although I have read about that too. Carrie says, I refuse to age. Hello, Coffee. What's going on with you? Uh, Carrie says, how is dad's friend's daughter? She's uh, fantastic. Uh, I got to see her while I was home. I fixed her printer for her. It was doing something weird, and I got that all um, sorted out for her. And uh, she was actually supposed to go to her family's for like a week while I was there, but something came up, so she ended up being home that week But um, that I was there. But really, my dad and I did not see that much of her. It was just me and dad hanging out except a couple places that we went. Uh, Barbara says, go, uh, go Arkansas Razorbacks. There you go. Um, Tony says, any chance of singing Paranoid Acapella? No chance, Tony. Kathy, love the, uh, Charles, love the calendar you gave, Ed. Yeah, you, you say you're boring. I don't think so. You're humble and a nice person. Oh, thanks, Father. Thank you. Uh, Melissa, I would send you a Christmas card. I'm still working on sending mine out. Well, Melissa, it's a good a time as any. Uh, my indentured servants, also known as my son, slacked a bit during break. I can tell. Well, you just send them out, Melissa, and just tell them that's early for this coming Christmas, Christmas 23. You send them out to say you're getting them done early. I challenge you. I dare you to do that. Now, some of the other things that I got, uh, I'm wearing one of them. I got two shirts from my sister, Diane. Uh, she got the shirt, and then she does sewing and embroidery and stuff. And as you can see, it's a new unfound shirt, a white collared shirt, as you can see with the unfound logo. And she also uh, got me a red one. So red, exactly same, but red with a black logo here. So now I have a black shirt, a white shirt, a red shirt. Uh, you've seen the black one. I've worn it on here. I've worn it some of my speaking engagements. Uh, maybe you've seen the videos. So I now have these three custom-made shirts, and I'm loving them. I have to admit these two that she got me are a little large, but I'm hoping they're going to shrink a little bit once I wash them, but they're going to be fine. That's great. Um, it's just a little long. It's, I think it's fine through the body and everything. It's just uh, a little longer than, than like the black one that I've had, but 
if I tuck it in, it'll be fine. It won't look big that way. So what else did I get? I got a couple pairs of shoes from my brother, Brian. He's in the shoe business, by the way. He's been a shoe salesman for almost 20 years. And so I got these. I actually wore these home. They're New Balance. They are so comfortable right there. And then I also got these blue ones. Look at these that he got me. So he got me two pair. Uh, right now, I'm mainly wearing the green ones. I have a black pair that I wear to disc golf. So these blue ones are kind of like the backups right now. The green ones are kind of like going out and doing stuff. The black ones are for disc golf. And we'll see which pair get worn, worn out first, and I'll probably switch them around or do uh, something. Well, you buy that shirt? Well, we're going to be uh, doing redoing the whole merchandising thing here in 2023, Melissa. I'll get to that in a bit. Um, and one more thing um, that I bought myself, um, my Christmas present to myself is this right here. This is what they call a Keltec Sub 2000. It is actually a rifle that folds like that. It is, uh, I know some of you are not into guns at all, but I know some of you are. Uh, it is a Keltec Sub 2000. And I got it right before I went back to Pennsylvania. I haven't had a chance to shoot it yet. I'm going to go uh, Wednesday morning with my friend Carla. Because she's thinking about getting one of these. But it shoots 9 millimeter, and it takes Glock magazines. So the, the, the magazines that fit into my Glock 19 pistol fit into this, this one. So it's part of the reason I got it. And it shoots the same ammo, too. So I don't have to get any different ammo. I don't have to buy any additional magazines. And these guns are fairly cheap. So, um, and I also got it because it's very compact. Like you do this, let me see if I can do this. Still working on this, by the way. But you, you um, can fold it back. And so you can put this like in a backpack. It's only like 16 inches long. It's very skinny. And um, just something kind of hit me a couple months ago and I said, you know what? So that's how it works. And you can see lots of videos on this on, um, no, Tony, it's no bump stop. This is actually considered to be a rifle. It's not a, no, no bump stop. No, no. Um, but this is, uh, something I bought myself. So it's nine millimeter, uh, what they call a, uh, they call it a PCC pistol caliber carbine. Nine millimeters considered to be a pistol caliber. Been in a rifle, uh, 16 inch barrel, which is legal at least here in the United States. And um, I like it because it's nice and compact. In contrast to my uh, AR-15, then I have my LE 6920, which I love the gun. It's a little bulky though. So if I ever go places, this can fit in a variety of uh, things that I carry. And I do have, of course, a concealed carry license here in Florida. So that is my um, show and tell. And I, would I haven't shot this gun yet, but it's gotten a lot of great reviews. They aren't that expensive comparatively. If you already have a gun that's 9mm, and especially if you have a Glock, you can just get it and have the same Glock magazines. You don't have to get anything else. 
you can put a red dot on it, but that will um, make it that you can't fold it. But there are some things you can buy to offset and everything. I don't know if I'm going to do any of that, but I'm just going to go shoot it first. I know I'm going to like it, but I can't wait to shoot it on, on um, Wednesday morning. Uh, hello, Fairy. What's going on, Fairy? Kathy says, love the shoes. Uh, Coffee says, Paul Egan and Laverta Sorrell. What the, uh, how did that, I'll look, oh, you listened to a couple old ones. Yeah, this is from, uh, Paul Egan is certainly from early this year and Laverta Sorrell as well, Coffee. Thank you for catching up on those. Yeah, well, Larue, I know you're down in Australia. Me showing a gun like that would certainly get me in a lot of trouble in Australia, right? Um, everything's nice. It's worth the money. Bet it shoots good. We're going to find out. Love it. Thank you, Orky. The white looks good on you. Uh, it's the one I picked out. I wore it last night for the think tank. Thanks, Melissa. No bump stop empty. You have to let us know how it shoots. I'm going to do that. And uh, Tony says, looks like a Coburger stop. It. Well, I don't know, Tony. Uh, I'll be carrying it. Uh, I'm a concealed carry holder, so I usually have my Glock 19 with me. But um, if I'm going on trips or anything, this gun probably won't be too far away either. Sheree says, I bought myself patio furniture. Very South Texas of me. I also bought a Stoger M. Oh, for my son's bird hunting. Well, you got, I, I want to see. I don't even know what kind of uh, rifle that is, Sheree. I'd like to see some pictures of that. Huh, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> well, thanks, Melissa. Uh, I'm Carbo out of Clearwater, Florida. Sells a lot of accessories for that gun. Yes, I've heard of them. I, I've actually been to Jamie. It's funny you mentioned, uh, mentioned that. I've been to their website. Um, not like I said. Certainly, um, there are a lot of accessories for this gun. Just don't know. Uh, the reason I bought it is because it's once again fairly cheap, and I already have things that go with it. I just really don't. I think like the iron sights are going to be plenty um, for my use. Um, but I, yes, I, I'm well aware of that. I've been to M Carbo's website and I've been to their YouTube channel and they do very good, good great products. Thank you for mentioning that. Just don't know um, if uh, I really want to get onto that because once again, you start putting stuff on the gun, then it takes away from it being so compact and you can put it in a little uh, backpack or something like that. But you're certainly true. Uh, M Carbomate does good work. Uh, I'm going to do that twinkle. Uh, hello, Veronica. I listened to them again when you came out. I listened again. Well, thanks coffee. So that is a show and tell for Christmas uh, for this year. My dad also got me a hundred dollar gift card to Walmart haven't used it yet. Um, we'll just have to see. I'm actually thinking about getting an air fryer. I know that I fry my chicken wings in oil the good old-fashioned way. But I keep being told, being that now that people know that I'm doing some actual cooking. And in fact, I cooked uh, some chicky, uh, chicky, chicken breast on the stove today. Um, grilled it or... I don't know, put it in a pan and seared it in oil with olive oil. It was spectacular. Um, I may get an air fryer just to try one of those out. So uh, Shree says, get it. You'll love it. 
Get the air fryer. You won't look back. Thank you, Tony. Everything. I use air fryer. It's the best and cleanest. That is. I have a Phillips one. Okay. I will mark that down. Um, make sure it's not too small, Ed. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that is uh, everybody's saying how much they like air fryers. All right. So I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get one. And my dad, I'm sure, will be very happy with his gift card that I bought something I can cook with because he's like ecstatic that uh, I cook now and can make chicken wings and uh, cook hamburgers and hot dogs and, and using the stove and everything else. I think nobody is more stunned in this world than my dad is about all of this. Um, Delane says, Kevin says it looks like a Bills player just died on the field. Really? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Delane says we use ours a lot. The uh, when you get an air fryer, the only thing you can talk about for the few weeks afterward is air fryers. A sausage and bacon air fried the best. Okay, not a big sausage guy, but I am a bacon guy, Tony. Um, yeah, let's hope this guy is not dead on the field. Oh, let's hope not. Wow. Okay, maybe just got knocked out or something. I uh, love using it. All right, so everybody. Um, you can cook hot dogs. You'll never boil another one once you have an air fryer. I actually cook hot dogs, Mark, uh, in my on my George Foreman grill. I cut them long ways, but they're still connected, and then I fold them out and put them on there. That's how I cook hot dogs these days. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't I, I don't boil them. Um, I uh, maybe I used to microwave them way back in the day, but now that I have the George Foreman grill, if I get hot dogs and I do have some some right now, um, I yeah, air fryer will knock out Foreman nicely put, Tony. So that's probably what I'm going to do. So I think you've convinced me. I think I'm glad I mentioned it. Now everybody says I should get an air fryer. That's what I'm going to do. Um, because as you know, most of the equipment in here in this condo that I live in is not mine. Uh, all this stuff was here, the furniture and all this uh, is mine, except for like the posters and like this desk and my games back there, but the TVs and everything, the George Foreman grill is mine, but the stove, the microwave, the refrigerator, the, the, the washer and dryer, the, the dishwasher, that's all part of this unit, not mine. So I just have to remember. And the toaster uh, is here isn't mine either. So I just have to remember if I ever do move out of here to take the George Foreman grill and if I get an air fryer, take them with me. Uh, you don't need to get an expensive one, the real says. Some of the cheaper ones work perfectly good. Uh, Karen says buffering in and out. Okay, Karen. Sorry about that. Looks uh, good here. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep me posted on this. I'm not really a Buffalo Bills fan, but that does seem like not good. Um, that doesn't sound good at all. Okay. Let's move on to now that we're like an hour and a half or a half hour in, which is usually how long it takes to, for me to go through all the personal stuff. Let's move on to... Uh, the true crime items for tonight, a combination, of course, of both unfound stuff and just national stuff. And at the end, of course, I'll tell you the disappearance uh, we'll be covering for this Friday. Although the interview, 
I'm not going to be doing the interview till Wednesday night. So I, you know how sometimes these things go. I do have a backup plan, but I'll tell you the disappearance of it's supposed to be covered on Friday. I'm going to be doing the, like I said, I'm going to be doing the interview Wednesday night, but, um, you know, it's just tough. You have to understand, maybe this is no surprise, that during the holidays, it's it's really tough to line people up to talk to. Plus, there is a part of me that shies away of trying to line up any conversations or interviews during that time anyway. It's difficult enough as it is. And talking about this stuff then could just detract from the holidays that they're having with all these other family members and friends and everything. And I don't want to do that. So around the holidays, it's, it's just tough to sometimes keep things in the regular rhythm that they usually are the rest of the year. And that's why this interview is going to be taking so pl- close to the time that the episode is coming out. However, I think for next Friday, so that would be for the January 13th episode, I'm actually going to get to do that interview um, this coming weekend, which will most put us more back on the schedule that we usually have for the rest of the year where interviews get done at least a week, you know, seven to 10 days before the episode comes out. Just around the holidays. And um, that's why I was kind of happy that, with the two-parter for the Colonial Parkway disappearances, which I do think are some of the strongest episodes that I've ever done. Um, It was good that they really needed to be in two parts and it's getting near the holiday time. And then you have the update episode, which you don't have any guy didn't have any guests. So it all kind of worked out. Um, Maybe under different circumstances in past years, it was maybe a little more difficult to put it all together. And in fact, I know just within the last couple of years, I think I even had revisited an episode right around Christmas. It's just, it just is tough lining people up. And then there's a part of me that shies away from it, which I think you understand. So because there was no update, because it was an update episode, there was no technically no poll um, due to the update episode. However, I did put another poll in the group and on the page, which is rare, just seeing where everybody is, what everybody listens to or watches besides Unfound. And I I have to tell you, some of the the results, uh, very interesting to me. Maybe I could have expected a little bit of it, but certainly not everything. And I'm going to pull those up uh, right now. And um, which is this one? Yes. Okay. I was very surprised, for example, in the discussion group. Now, just so you know, uh, maybe, maybe some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I wanted to know, besides Unfound, what other podcasts or YouTube channels do you regularly watch or listen to not ones that you just kind of zoom into it like once a month or once every couple months, but ones that you follow just like unfound. And I realize some of these maybe are once a week. Uh, but on the other hand, like John Lorden, maybe he does twice a week or something like that. I know it depends, but regularly, like you have a schedule. I'm going to tune into these ones every week. 
And that's the question I was asking. Which ones do you regularly tune into? What do you make time for? And at least in the group, I'm not surprised that the number one choice was The Vanished. Makes a lot of sense. Very much like Unfound. I will admit that Marissa started her uh, podcast first in early 2016. Unfound started in September 2016. Even so, I think in many ways, even though we both cover Unsolved Disappearances, my impression is that still both podcasts are a little different. Um, she does her interviews a different way than I do mine. Uh, she likes to wrap everything up, you know, kind of in that 45 minutes to an hour length. Me, I have no problem going over two hours or whatever. Maybe, um, you know, maybe they do a little more speculation over there that, that we do an unfound. So I think it's, it's a nice mixture. It's a nice contrast. And, um, it's not a surprise to me that that hers was number one. I think it ended up getting like two, 22% of the total vote. What also was not surprising to me is that True Crime Garage was second with 10%. And I just want to pull something up here real quick. I want to see the top of that poll. Yes. So The Vanished was up there. Trace Evidence, uh, which I'm not as familiar with that one, I have to admit. It got, uh, Vanish got 19% of the total votes. Remember, people could vote for more than one. Usually, I only allow people to vote for one choice. But in something like this, and I realize a lot of people wrote others below, but uh, in looking at them, surely none of them reached the level of popularity like The Vanished. Trace Evidence got 12% of the vote. True Crime Garage to get 10% of the vote. And then after that, it was a bunch of like seven percenters. Uh, John Lorden, uh, True Crime Junkie, uh, Kendall Ray got 6%. Um, let me go down here. Uh, what else? Uh, Generation Y got 7%. Maybe I'm not too surprised by that case file, which I think that's out of Australia, the right, the real, you would maybe know that. Um, but, uh, but on the other hand, there were some surprises. I'm just going to read all of your, uh, um, uh, what's everybody saying here? Yeah. Tight schedule for this week. Yes, you're right. Empty game has temporarily been suspended while 24 year old, Collapses on field. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, oh, my goodness. All right, yeah, everybody's talking about the game. Um, regular, the outer lights. Uh, I have a solid five I listen to every day, Melissa says. Unresolved, trace evidence. Lord and Arts and the Missing Podcast, Glenn, Glenn says. Marketing, I'm really not a podcast guy and finally is the only one I watch weekly. Thank you, Mark. Uh, thank you. Um, Melissa trace evidence mentioned you a few times out there last video too. I've heard about that. Everything really enjoy true crime garage. Karen says you're listing everything. I listen to the real, I watch a little of true crime rocket science. Didn't even know that existed. The real, I've never heard of it. Uh, case file is awesome in my top five. That's interesting. Mark, do you follow any true crime online? 
YouTube. Yeah, Mark, uh, why don't you um, answer Sheree's question there? Um, by the way, when I say Sheree, I mean Charlie Bravo, who is the moderator, who is in blue. Now, on the other hand, I have to admit there were some surprises. And I'm going just with I, – I, the poll on the page didn't get it, get as many votes. I'm not – don't really – and there were a few differences there, some subtle differences. But uh, we got like 1,200 votes in the discussion group, which is crazy. Thank you all. It helps me look at this, uh, all of this. Now, what was interesting to me is some very, very popular true crime, for example, YouTube channels – did not do very well in this poll. For example, Adventures with Purpose. Now, I realized recently maybe people are shying away from that channel given the guy that started that and all the problems that he's had. But I haven't heard anything to believe that it's really, 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 really overtly affected their views. Maybe it has. But Adventures with Purpose was only picked by 3% of the total respondents in this poll. Only 3%, despite Adventures Purpose having a, uh, a channel with hundreds of thousands of subscribers getting a, a ton of views. I was very surprised by that. I was also surprised that Jason A. Bear, who kind of does what, my, what I do, what Marissa does, concentrating on disappearances, if he got any votes, they didn't register. It was 0%. Now, I'm going to guess at least a few people voted, but it just wasn't enough to be rounded up to like 1%. I was very, very surprised by that. Another surprise, probably the most popular true crime show, podcast, whatever you want to call it in the world, my favorite murder. And of course, all of you probably know how I feel about how they treat this the topic of murder anyway, but only got 3%. The number one true crime podcast or show in the world. They have an agreement with uh, Amazon for a TV series and all this other stuff. It's crazy. The, The amount of attention and money and exposure those two hosts have gotten is crazy. But in the unfound poll, only 3% other respondents say that they take in my favorite murder regularly. Really, even though I know I have my own personal reservations about that, um, very surprised. John Lord, 7%. Maybe I'm not too surprised by that. But Stephanie Harlow, I was really surprised by this as well. Uh, she, once again, uh, very, very, very uh, popular YouTube channel. Uh, She has like, I think, 600 some thousand subscribers. By contrast, Unfound just went over 15,000. And only 7% of of the people in the Unfound group, who I would consider to be hardcore Unfound people, only 7% of you regularly um, tune into Stephanie's uh, channel I would say it's weekly, maybe a little more than that. Maybe five. Maybe she does do a couple shows a week. I guess it depends. I was really surprised, only 7% for her being that she's also very high up there. And then another one that really surprised me was 
Gray Hughes Investigates. It's another per, uh, guy. Um, only 2%. Uh, has over 100,000 subscribers. I, I I know that he's, a, what, a retired FBI guy or something. I don't know, really know his total background. I, maybe I've, I've watched a couple of his videos, but it's been a while. But only 2%. Very, very interesting. Very surprised by some of these results. Some of the other ones... Um, Kendall Ray got 6%, another very popular YouTube channel, but only got 6%. True Crime Daily, another popular YouTube channel, only got 4%. And so what did I take away from this? Um, Let me get back to my notes. Uh, Let's see here. The reason, first of all, the reason I did this is because I've told you, changes are coming to Unfound in 2023, and I'm going to be talking about that a little later. But trying to figure out what direction uh, to go. Um, I, you know, looking at the YouTube channel, for example, um, I think we can do better here. There's, it just boggles my mind that Stephanie Harlow, I have nothing against her. She's obviously well thought of. She obviously works hard on her channel, anything else. But they're just, it's she has 600,000 subscribers. Unfound has 15,000. She has 585,000 more subscribers than Unfound's channel does. So if those numbers are true, then there's a lot more that should be done on YouTube. If I if Unfound is missing like 500,000 Potential audience members out there. I mean, that is a problem. It is a huge problem. So in 2023, I'm going to try to find out if that is true. So there's going to be, uh, there's going to be changes to uh, the YouTube channel um, in, in a multitude of ways. And it's not going to be overnight. It's going to be very gradual. I'm not going to try to shock anybody. It's the same way I look at some of these other uh, places I already mentioned, Adventures with Purpose, because really we're just doing the same thing. We're all looking for answers. We're all trying to be professional, I guess, you know, doing things from home and and everything. Um, It's just interesting to me that I think that we can do better. It's clear to me that Unfound has primarily – an audio audience. I think that's why The Vanished is number one. True Crime Garage is an audio show. Uh, Trace Evidence is an audio. But we have this YouTube channel. And I think the numbers that these other true crime channels are getting, like I said, um, Stephanie Harlow, 600,000. Very happy for her. Gray Hughes Investigates, over 100,000. Very happy for him. That's where Unfound should be. John Lorden has over 100,000 subscribers. So, obviously, there's just things um, that, you know, it just maybe seems that we're missing. Once again, if those numbers are real, I don't have any reason to believe they're not real. It seems a little outrageous that there's 500,000 some people who have subscribed to Stephanie's channel but not unfound. 
But maybe that is just, maybe we're just really, 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 really underperforming. And I'm going to try to find that out. And I think that's what this poll says. I think when it comes to podcasting, we're doing very well. But when it comes to YouTube stuff, we have this channel, but maybe we can do a lot better here. That doesn't mean we're going to take away from the podcast. The podcast was fantastic in 2022. Downloads were great. Obviously, in 2022, I found out that with Podomatic, all those numbers were pretty bogus. But at least I now know what the true numbers are, and they're good. And the truth is, is that of all podcasts that exist in the world, Unfound is like in the top 3%. That's not bad. Now, would I like to be in the top 1%? Absolutely. Is it possible to get there? I think so. Um, but there's probably even more opportunities on YouTube um, than maybe I've realized. And maybe I've just been underusing it. So thank you for all. Uh, thanks to all of you who voted in the poll. The poll still exists. If you are listening or watching right now and you are in the group but have not taken part in the poll, please do. There is a poll that is also on the page. So you don't even have to be a member of the group. You can just go to Unfound's page and vote there. You can vote uh, for as many different shows as you want. You can also put in write-in votes uh, below of other, once again, just keep it to regularly, ones you regularly partake in. Not ones that you just kind of steer into if you're bored. The ones that you really look forward to, the ones that are on your list day to day, week to week. Those are the ones uh, that I want to know. I want to know what Unfound's audience is watching and listening to. And I've never done this poll. It's been over six years since Unfound got started. And I've never done a poll like this, and uh, now I know. And it's very helpful, and I appreciate all of it. So what has everybody um, been saying uh, on here? I've been going for a while. Uh, no one mentioned Crawl Space. Yeah, I, I did not see that in any of the writings I saw either, uh, Melissa, although I'm familiar with that podcast. Um uh, the Real says, man, six months I stopped watching him when he completely got the Amber Heard case wrong. Uh, with Tim and Lance, yes, Crawl Space, uh, they were the ones who originally started the Mar Murray part podcast way back in like 2015, I think, right? Other than Unfound and Unfound Live, I regularly listen to Trail Went Cold, The Path Went Chilly. Those got some votes. Let us know how you follow, what you follow on YouTube. I know some of you didn't participate in the Facebook poll. Maybe that's uh, Cherie. Uh, that gives me an idea. Maybe I should just do a new poll with just YouTube channels. No podcasts at all, just YouTube channels. Because this poll was like a mixture. Um, I could do one where just YouTube channels. I love that idea. Thank you, Cherie. Thank you. True Crime Daily sometimes. Um, Mark, I watch stuff, mostly true crime stuff on YouTube as it pops up. So there are three different cases I've been following pretty closely. I've watched several YouTube videos on them. All right, so you're a case-driven market, which is very common. Thank you. Uh, I watch JLR for laughs. He's so crazy. Uh, seriously, you're the only true crime YouTube I watch. 
I could have subscribed to my favorite podcast, but don't watch those channels. Gary, AWP was seriously hurt by situation. Now peeps are unsubbing them and following some of the former partners and others that have assisted Adventures with Purpose. Okay. I dropped AWP when Sam left. Glad I did. Don't want to give dollars to certain people. Tony JLR went to Coburger's parents' gated community. Confirmed there's a gate. He's so lame. Um, Doug Adams, Sam, uh, ADP. I can't listen to my favorite murder. I barely made it through an episode. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, I'm going to keep saying it. Most popular true crime show in the world. Amazon would not have given them the money that it did to be in business with them in the millions with an M. Mark, I stumbled onto Unfound while doing some research on a missing persons case that is local to me. I liked Ed's presentation, then went back and watched older videos and now watch weekly. Mark, thank you so much. Tony says, I can't get into Gray Hughes. Carrie, what is different? Is yours an interview-based podcast? Most others are just reading info. Uh, that is true, Carrie. Uh, they both have their pluses and minuses. Uh, Charlie uh, Bravo, Sheree, I don't listen to My Favorite Murder. I do like Stephanie, though. Greg gets on my nerves, but his content is really good. Greg Hughes, no, can't do it, Carrie says. The interview room, that's the one that keeps coming up. That guy's teeth squeaking does my head in. Uh, some people have spoken very um, well of that show. Uh, I watched the live feed last night for about 10 minutes, and maybe I'll talk about it a little later. Uh, I agree about Gray and Stephanie. No, Gray works from home in IT. Um, everything says, I reckon it's the eye candy mate, like Lord, and he has way less than Danielle. Uh, pretty chicky mate people love it when Kendall started. Tony, there's a lot of gaming in the subs. Half of Joseph Moore subs are bots. Um, everything says Danielle has like 6,000. Uh, Carrie says she got cleavage. I have no cleavage. Melissa, absolutely outstanding episodes. Um, there's a channel, Burden of Proof. She's about 3,000, does a great job. Um, Twitter will take on YouTube soon. Let's hope not. Um, got your back, girl. Um, the missing podcast are Tim and Lance, too. They cover a lot of cases now. Uh Everything says I mainly watch YouTube all crime. The real, I saw the Facebook poll, but I don't have any must-see ones at all. All my others must-see channels on YouTube are up cooking and cake decorating. I can get into that too, the real. I, I watch some cooking shows. That's how I've learned to cook. So I can certainly get with that. Uh, love Unfound Best and in the fall line. Thank you, Deborah. I appreciate it. Thank you for saying that. So uh, obviously, I, I, I just really... For that poll, uh, just kind of name some ones off the top of my head, and that's why I allowed people to just write in whatever they wanted below. I will eventually go through every comment and, and count them all out to see exactly what the number is for each. Maybe when I have some time, which I don't have right now. But thank you all for uh, taking part in the poll. And if you haven't yet taken part in the poll, please do so. Um, really helps me understand all of you and what's in your head, what your tendency are, tendencies are, what your tastes are. Moving on, uh, no unfound now this month. Um, simply because of just no time. Being up and seeing my dad, I could not uh, give any quality time to really put everything together to do one of those. And I didn't want to do it and then release it like the sec first or second week of January. Then we're all off. So, um, nothing, um, no one found this month. 
and no newsletter for December anyway. In, in fact, I'm, I'm telling you, one of the big changes probably for 2023 is the newsletter is going to go away. Uh, in this discussion that I had with Eric and Shree last week, one of the big things was time usage. Everything that I'm that I've done uh, that I've taken on that we you know I or we have created over the last six years, and some of these things were not necessarily my idea. For example, the update episode was Shree's idea, going way back to 2018. Uh, Shree's idea was also for the think tank. I'm the one that named it. But it was Shree's idea for the Think Tank if you are a premium Patreon member. So a lot of these things that have popped up have not been idea, but I love, love the idea and said, I can do that and we'll see how it goes. And just some of these things have not gone the way uh, that I would have expected. So there, there was, um, there's an issue of what am I using my time doing? Am I being as efficient as I can? And I look at what I'm doing and then how many people are responding. And I, for some of these things, and I start thinking this might be a waste of time. It's a great idea, but maybe I'm the only person to think so, or there are people who think so, but they are just a, 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 a small minority. You know, if I'm sending emails out for a newsletter uh, to over a thousand people, and we do have over a thousand people on the email list, and only 200 of them open the email, then what, you know, what is going on? For example, I don't know. That's just an example. I really don't know what the number is right off the top of my head. I think it's a lot higher than that, but just as an example. So can the email list that I have be used for something different? Instead of doing a newsletter once a month, maybe I just do something a lot smaller, a lot shorter, once a week because the newsletter takes me about six hours to do. And usually depending on when the first of the month falls, it gets in the way of me getting the episode done, which is always Friday episodes are always number one. Everything takes a backseat to that. So if something like that is getting in the way of me really finishing up the episode, but I know that, not a lot of people are going to read the newsletter anyway, then what, what exactly is going on here? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm thinking that the newsletter is going, to, going away, but I know that I'm going to use the email list for something else. Maybe something that is a lot more interesting. Uh, maybe we can use some marketing through that. But something that doesn't take up as much time of mine, but also more people take an interest. We're never going to get to 100%. I'm never going to send out all, you know, an email and every single person opens the email. But we got to be at least to like 75%. You know? So the newsletter is something that's going away. Now, moving on, as far as I've talked about this YouTube channel and looking at... What are these other people doing that have all these subscribers and people tuning in? And I've taken a look at YouTube channels outside of true crime. You know how I get into like aviation and cars and chess and guns and things. Those are the YouTube channels I watch. 
I only watch true crime YouTube channels if they've covered a disappearance that Unfound is going to be covered or I've already covered it and then they do it. That's about it. Otherwise, I rely on my assistants. I rely on some of you to tell me what's going on elsewhere. But now that I've really been studying this, I think that the YouTube channel is going to change in the way that it has to be more responsive to current events. Now, granted, I already do the unfound now, but even with that, by the time I'm doing an unfound now, that person maybe has been missing for like a month, six weeks, two months. Yes, recent disappearances, and they've done okay. But we have 15,000 subscribers and we're lucky if an unfound now gets viewed a thousand times. So why is that? Whereas what I see is naming some of these YouTube channels that I just did, just did, they are very responsive to things that are happening right now. For some of the aviation uh, YouTube channels that I go to, if a crash happens... They're, they're talking about it like the next day. Um, something that they're interested, some aviation big industry news or something goes on, uh, some study or, or an NDP, NTSB report comes out, they're on it the next day. They don't wait till like a week or something like that. So I think that the YouTube channel is going to have to be more responsive and more like a true crime news channel then like what it is now where, what do we do? We do the live show every week and I'm going to keep doing that because uh, it does serve a huge purpose. And of course it takes some time, but I think it's well spent. I love talking to all of you. I think it's important for me to interact for anybody that's going to take time out of their Monday night, you know, of course to watch and comment and everything. But probably one of the things that's going to be changing is the episodes uh, might not get posted right away to YouTube anymore. Fact is, this the podcast on Friday is an audio show. I hate using the word show, but it's an audio episode. And I think that we need to have more of a delineation between podcast and YouTube channel. The podcast will always cover old disappearances, and I take great pride in covering disappearances that go back to the 80s, 70s, 60s. I love it. But obviously, that doesn't work for the YouTube channel. The YouTube channels that are doing the best are those ones that really, really are jumping on current events. And I can do that. So that has to be... Um, that's where we're going to probably go. So I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to happen tomorrow. But most likely, the, the Friday episodes at some point will cease to be on the YouTube channel anymore. And if you want to listen to them, you're just going to have to get the podcast app. You're going to have to get Spotify. You're going to have to get iTunes or some free app or something like that. Um, I'm well, I'm open to suggestions as Shri is typing right now, but these are things uh, that are just coming to mind. The YouTube channel is underperforming. 
It does well, given that Unfound is a podcast, but it is not doing well compared to other true crime channels. It's very inefficient. It's very, very inefficient. And that has to change. So um, let me see what everybody is uh, saying here. Um, there's some great air fryer channels too. I've seen them, Tony. It's so funny you should bring that up. Um, MT says, I'm not on Facebook. You don't have to apologize, MT. That's fine. Well, I found unfounded indirectly when someone on Lord Nards com- commented that Jason Jokowski case was similar to Jason uh, to Michael Negrete case. John Lord covered unfound is getting me through med school. Uh, we need uh, great doctors out there, Glenn. Congratulations to you. I could have never done it. I hate needles. I hate blood. But we need people like you out there. Thank you very much. Don't do Tony's not on Facebook. Maybe a poll of what listeners of Unfound prefer, like newsletter. Why? Well, uh, thing is, here's what I know, everything. Uh, I've been writing the newsletter for a few years now. I know what they prefer, and it's not the newsletter. Uh, as much as I've written there, I get never get any responses. Very, very few responses to anything that I write there. In addition, I use MailChimp, which can track what percentage of the newsletter emails get opened. And it's nowhere near 100%. So I already know that. Um, yeah, everything says, you, right, you don't read the newsletter. I get it. Great feedback, guys. Really needed here. Yeah, we're all time poor. I haven't watched and found not much at all. I'm not saying I don't like it, but I... Rather, live show, uh, have you ever considered missing persons cases without interviews? Where I'm going with that, I certain there are high-profile, high-interest missing persons cases with uncooperative family members. It's just not something that I can do, Mark. Uh, you know, I've done it for Unfound now, but what I'm doing is I'm only u- using uh, um, reports. But if we're going to get in-depth and do it the way Unfound does it, you know, I don't really get too in-depth with the Unfound Now episodes because there's not a lot to talk about. They're very, very new. There's no cell phone information and Facebook information. And and we know how those things take a long time to come out. And that's why one of the reasons that we have a rule that Unfound um, has to wait a year before it covers any disappearance for the podcast. Cause that allows then some of those things to all work themselves out. In addition, Mark, I cannot tell you how much the guests hate their disappearances being covered without their input. That's not something that comes out in interviews because we don't really want to get into that. But I can tell you there are guests who have come on unfound because other podcasts have covered their disappearances and not look, not ask them one single question. So I can't get wrapped, wrapped up on that. And I think, you know, and, and they're right. The guests are right. The podcasters who do that are wrong, my opinion. Sheree, if you have any ideas you don't want to share here, you can connect with us at unfoundpodcast.gmail.com. That's right. My preference is visual and YouTube podcasts is like audiobooks. I prefer pictures and video. You know, and that's uh, something else. Um, Cherie says, Mark, the interviews absolutely set yours apart from the others. I appreciate that, Mark. Uh, that, was the, that was the idea from day one. Thank you. The other thing you have to think, what, another way I think that the YouTube channel is just not performing, um, you should know that, you know, I don't 
like to make figures about the podcast, um, you know, public. But as you know, for example, just with uh, the Colonial Parkway disappearances with Keith and Sandra, I did two map videos that were posted to the YouTube channel. The downloads for the audio uh, podcast that comes out, of course, the two-parter, part one and part two, or 2A and 2B, depending, dwarf the number of views that any map analysis ever gets. I'd say it's like, it's not even one-tenth. It's like one, not even, it's more like one-thirtieth or one-fortieth, if you can believe it. Even though I talk about map analysis when I do them after every interview where I think a map analysis is needed, when you look at the number of views that that I that the YouTube channel gets for those maps, and then you look at the number of downloads that I know correct because Spotify is not going to um, you know, do fake numbers because they pay me as a percentage of that. It's not in their interest to boost numbers up because that means they only have to pay me more. So I know that I'm getting the right numbers. It's like one fortieth or one fiftieth. So of 50 people who are downloading the podcast, only one is watching the map video on YouTube on this channel. It sounds crazy, but that's what the figures show. Um, Could there be something off in there? Yeah, but it's surely not off by that much. It's surely not like one fifth and you know, it's really one fifth when it's telling me it's one fiftieth. So these are things that I'm talking about. It's inefficient. Why is that? Shouldn't be. I would think that people who listen to the podcast, when I say, you know what, you're going to understand this a lot better. If you go to the YouTube channel and check out the map and I try, I think I do a decent job on them. I'm no graphic artist, but I try to make it as simple as possible. Really try to make it. And I don't put my face up there. Just the map is there. Most people just don't go. Why is that? Something, uh, it's one of those things uh, I have to try to figure out for 2023. Um, Mark says, that makes sense. I can see family members being put off by not covering their side of the story, but they can't see it on podcast, do they? No, they can't. No, they can't. Everything. Kathy, I love the map analysis and always watch them. I think they are essential to the disappearances. I think too, Kathy, but, um, maybe you being that you, I know you watch every one of them. Maybe between us, we can figure out why only one fiftieth of the podcast listeners go to this YouTube channel and watch the map analysis. It'd be nice to know, you know, is it me? I don't think it's the quality of the maps. It's, it's just something else. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, one of these map videos, what, get 300, 400, 500 views, something, whereas uh, going back to these other YouTube channels that I've mentioned, um, Stephanie Harlow gets 600,000 views for any video she puts up. And an unfound map analysis for a very important disappearance only gets 500 views. Something going on. And I'm fully willing to take the blame. I just don't know what that blame is, what the changes are. And I thank you, The Real. Maybe those people aren't only podcast listeners. It could be, Sheree. I guess maybe then I'm just not convincing them enough how important, how interesting they will find looking at these maps. 
uh, obviously people go to YouTube every, they may be podcast listeners, but everybody uses YouTube once, <laughs> whether it's for cooking videos or like the real said for uh, cake baking videos or aviation, they're on YouTube at least once a day for sure. But they listen to the Unfound podcast, but they don't go to the Unfound channel. It seems weird to me. We're going to try to figure it out. Not blaming any of you. My fault. I have to figure these things out. I'm not criticizing these people. I just don't understand their motivations. They surely have reasons. I don't know what those reasons are. Uh, who's Stephanie Harlow? She has a very, very popular true crime channel on YouTube, Deborah. Is there any way you could include the map analysis with the interview? I suppose I could splice the map analysis into the the um, the podcast that get, eventually gets posted there. But I think eventually I'm even going to get away from that, Orky. But it's something I could try. But then, it, you know, once again, though, it's like kind of force-feeding it to people. It, it's the, it, it makes it easier for them to watch it. That's true. But I'm more uh, concerned about why I could say, you know what? This is very important. You should go to the YouTube channel to check this out and people don't do it. That bothers me more. I'd rather try to find out the reason that they don't do that than just put the map and map video in the thing and they get it anyway. Cause even so, I mean, you should know, I mean, yeah. You know, maybe after a week, you know, an episode once posted on Friday afternoon, uh, maybe gets like a thousand views after a week or something. You know, that's that's dwarfed by the amount of downloads, the audio downloads. But that's to be expected because Unfound is a podcast first. That the, that number doesn't get to me as much as some of the other things. I guess what also means is people actually go to YouTube, watch partake in the episode on the same channel that the map analysis on. They watch the episode or listen to the episode. They don't watch the map analysis, even though they're on the channel at the same time on the same channel. Hard to understand. It's crazy. Uh, for every single do it yourself repair job I've ever needed to be around the house. I've watched a YouTube video. I bet personally I found you not too long ago. I don't know how I've never had you come up anywhere before. I'm out there, Tina. Thank you. I guess I'm unusual. I don't visit YouTube very often except for Unfound, Unfound Live. And Kenny Chesney. I'll, I'll excuse the, the Kenny Chesney MT. I think there's a crossover there like Delane and I who listen to podcasts and also follow YouTube. So one level you appeal to the podcasters and as a separate entity, you appeal to the people on YouTube. Some people in here also aren't on Facebook. It's all separate. You're right. But maybe I've even found that figured out something even more confusing, Sheree, and just talking about this, uh, thinking about this aloud is that you'll get, you know, you can go check this for anybody. You can go check it right now because you can see the videos, the view videos right there for any video that Unfound has ever done. Um, a, an episode video will have 1,500 views. The corresponding map analysis will only have 300. And they're on the same video. And they're, they're right next to each other. <laughs> they're right next to each other. So there you go. So changes are coming. I'm telling you, changes are coming. This is what I'm talking about. And I don't want any of you to be surprised uh, by that. So that's all the unfound stuff. I, I got some national news to cover. 
Um, and any, once again, anybody has any insight into any of this, email me, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're friends with me on Facebook, just message me, whatever you want to do. I guarantee you, I will read it. I guarantee you, I will get back to you. If you have any insight into any of this, I'm all ears and all eyes. Moving on. So we now can put a name to the Idaho massacre, and his name is Brian Koberger. Um, Of course, uh, by now, um, all of you know that he was caught in Pennsylvania, not near where I was last week. He was caught more in eastern Pennsylvania. I think he is uh, originally from there, grew up there. What I found uh, interesting, and this is kind of where in the direction that I want to go with this, is that he was actually a student of um, Catherine Ramsland, Ramsland, who is a true crime author who has written many books and probably the most well-known one is the one on Dennis Rader, BTK, where she actually went and interviewed him in jail. And she has actually appeared on Dr. Telesco's show twice. And I was the one just a few days ago who had to let Dr. Telesco know uh, you know that this guy who has now been caught, who allegedly committed these this, these these killings in Idaho, he was actually a student of one of your guests, Catherine Ramsland. She did not know that. So I'm wondering, being that Dr. Telesco, I think, I guess, knows Catherine. I don't know if uh, she knows, Dr. Telesco knows her as well. She knows me now. But maybe, uh, I don't know if Catherine Ramsland uh, really wants to talk about that now. But if you didn't know that, that's true. That he was a um, a student of hers at one time. Now I know all this. I'm not going to get too much. I know a lot of people are now coming out of the woodwork where he was strange and he did this. I'm going to tell all of you. I don't know what to make. This this comes up every time some killer gets gets caught. Oh, he was strange. Oh, he did this. He was this. He was that. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I would take it all with a grain of salt. I, I know that it falls into uh, a narrative that everybody wants to believe. Well, this guy was strange and he did this and he did that. I, you know how much people love to talk. And they love to be the the you know be able to offer something you put a microphone in front of somebody's face like this and they feel like they have to say something uh, so i don't i i will tell you i i know that it's generated a lot of conversation i know i listened to like t- or watch 10 and listen to 10 minutes of it on the interview room last night and i'll be honest i wasn't impressed with any of it it's just endless speculation. Nobody has interviewed this guy. Everybody, you know, psychiatrists and forensic psychologists, everybody trying to analyze this guy from afar. Nobody knows him. Nobody's interviewed him. Um, you know, Kathleen Ramsden might be able to talk about him, being that he was in her class. She might be able to offer something uh, that's helpful. But everybody else doesn't know him. So anything they're saying is just, Complete, complete speculation. 
And I would ask you to remember all of that. So having said all that, uh, and I actually, you should know, I actually had this in um, the second part, the part two of the, the Colonial Parkway murders, but I took it out. I just could not figure out the right way to say it, so I ended up deleting it. Um, but this is one of the reasons that I have a big problem with forensic psychology. To me, it is not a science. It cannot predict who is going to commit murder, and it cannot, pre- it cannot show how to catch murderers. It's interesting. It gets people doctorates. It gets people to write books. It gets people to go on YouTube shows and everything else. But it is not a science because it cannot predict anything, and it cannot catch anybody. They did forensic psychology on the original Night Stalker for years and years and years. And you know who who ended up being probably most right about the original Night Stalker? Average people like you and me who um, were going on forums like Web Sleuths. And I know there's that GSK ONS board that I was on several times. And in so so many ways, they figured out, you know, it does kind of seem like this guy had some sort of law enforcement background. Guess what? They were right. I don't know if they just got lucky. But all the forensic psychologists who looked at him and said, oh, he's this, oh, he's that, he's this, that. No, he didn't get caught any of that way. He got caught through DNA, which is real science. Forensic psychology cannot predict who is going to kill anybody. Forensic psychology cannot catch anybody. So what use does it have? Except for just people sitting around. I'll be honest, and I have nothing against the the, the host. I do not know him or anything else. But I watched the interview room last night for 10 minutes. There were four different people on, including the host. Some of, the, the, some of those other people had PhDs and psychologists and everything. My opinion, what you heard there could have been said by a truck driver in some cafe somewhere. It's not scientific. It's just people sitting around talking. This is what I don't like about it. And this is why I stated, for me, having done this for six years with – no psychology background at all, except for like on the job training, interviewing guests who obviously all of them have trauma from the, from the, the uh, damage that they've had happen to their lives with all these missing people, their missing loved ones. And the experience that I have going to my sports psychologist uh, for like not quite the last year and a half, that's all the experience that I have. And from all of that, as I stated in that, two-part episode. There's only two rules that I have for looking at any disappearance when it comes to psychology, human nature, human behavior, anything else. Number one, people don't want to get caught. And number two, they will do things that work. They will continue. When they find something that works, they will continue to do it. It doesn't matter if it's cooking, killing, riding a bike, swimming, or anything else. 
In addition, the corollary to number two is that it, the opposite is also true, that we'll continue to keep doing the same thing over and over and fail, thinking that we're going to get a different result. That is also part of human nature. Everything outside of that, trying to equate anything to true crime, in my opinion, is crap. And it, all it does is get people doctorates and positions in schools to talk. It's not helpful. This is why when I've tried to compel uh, the statistics for unfound for all of the disappearances that I cover, we take real cases, real, and then we look not just at the ones that are unsolved, but we look at the ones that have been solved. How did they get solved? Here's how they did. You know how all of Unfound's disappearances got solved? Not by forensic psychology. None of them. Zero. To me, that tells me it's not worth much. It's interesting. That's it. Makes for great TV shows. It makes for a great movie like Silence of the Lambs where my mom was an extra in it. Other than that, not helpful. Also, what are we supposed to think of a guy like Brian Koberger, who was actually a criminal justice uh, doctorate student who allegedly went and did these things? One of the other big problems I have with true crime, and it would go to Catherine Ramsland and the rest of them, is that too many people in true crime are fascinated with evil. Too many people. And too accepting of it. They want to study it, but we already know studying these people is not going to solve the next serial killer. It's not going to stop the next serial killer. In fact, it's not going to catch the next serial killer either. That's not how it works. The reason these people get caught is by real science, by DNA or making mistakes, being seen on video. Somebody who, who notices something, something like that. Even with Brian Koberger, if we are to believe he is the killer, it wasn't forensic psychology that got him into custody. What was it? It was a video camera of a white Hyundai Elantra that got him caught. Not forensic psychology. But I worry about all the studying of evil. We studied... We have to think of it this way. There's a reason that we hold in high regard and want to get to know people from history who have done great things. Like whether you're religious or not, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, people in civil rights, people who are uh, anti-slavery, Harriet Tubbs, whoever. We get to know these people. We learn about these people to make ourselves better people, right? That's why we do it. And also to know history. How did we all get here? How did at least the United States come to be in this current situation in 2023? By studying everything that happened before us, both the good and the bad, but mainly concentrating on the good. The people who really sacrificed and took risks and put their lives on the line, whether it was soldiers or people helping slaves go from the South to the North or wherever else. Well, you know what? The opposite is also true. When you start studying evil, 
and get too wrapped up on it, that's going to affect you too, and probably not in a good way. I certainly believe that. And as and there's something that I've been saying for a long time regarding human nature. We're, we are so concerned about what we eat. And I just got through saying that earlier in, in this show about my own uh, digestive issues and genetic issues, lactose intolerance and everything else. But we see so many commercials. There's so many diets out there. Everybody is so concerned about what we're eating. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Eat this. Eat that. Because it's going to be bad for us. It's going to make us fat. It's going to ruin our arteries. It's going to give us high cholesterol, all of these things. Here's what I can tell you. What we put into our brains is infinitely more important than what we put into our bodies. But nobody seems concerned about that. Nobody seems concerned. And this is what I, you know, one of the things that I don't like about the too many in the true crime community, they're just too fascinated with evil. They want to get posters of serial killers and, and, and everything else. And they can say, well, we want to study them because and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work that way. Study, no studying of ever any serial killer has ever caught another serial killer. So you can't say that. Well, I'm studying it to learn more about them. Why? doesn't work and this Amy, is more indi- you know as i think you've you know figured out by now is that we as humans are, are the most dangerous animals on the planet we are capable of the greatest goods we are also capable of the greatest evils and that's why we have to watch what we put into our brains because that's where it all comes from um This is what I think of when I think about Brian Koberger and being a student of Catherine Ramsland, who has made it, who's written 68 books uh, and has made a name for herself being around evil. I worry about it. I think about it. I wonder what it does to people's minds. I really do. So that's really uh, all I have to say, uh, you know, you know about it uh, right now. I think anything else would be speculation. Uh, if he in fact did this, could be multitude, multiple reasons, and nobody knows. You know, could be, uh, as I'm not even going to get into it. it. Things have been said. Well, the vegan restaurant and this and that. Did he go to a party? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Will we eventually find out? Hopefully. Hopefully. But on the other hand, we may never know the exact reason, just like at least on the record, we don't technically know why that guy shot all those people in Las Vegas either. I think it's pretty clear to me, and I don't have a forensic psychology degree. I just think I understand human nature from being a human. The reason he shot all those people is because his life was going to crap. That's all it takes sometimes. That's all it takes. And you don't need any degree to know that. 
it's all very interesting, but it's not constructive. And that's why I would like to think that um, what we're trying to do with Unfound is being constructive. I think that, and that's what I was trying to show with the two-part series with the Colonial Parkway disappearances. That's what I was trying to show, is that we are trying to do constructive work here. We are trying to learn things from disappearances that are unsolved, comparing the unsolved ones to the solved ones. What can we learn? And showing you a process that actually kind of works. How do we know? Because the process that I showed mainly in part two worked for all of those other disappearances that Unfound is covered that got solved. Whether it was a suicide or an accident or an overdose or a murder. And that's, that's way more than forensic psychology has ever done. So hopefully we'll know Brian Koberg. I, I, it seems to me, maybe at least on the surface, uh, a very unlikely guy to have done this. I would admit that I uh, looked him up. He has no criminal record that I could find on the databases that I used. But as we've learned once again from experience on Unfound, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. All all these disappearances that we know where husbands have caused their wives' disappearances, a lot of them don't have any criminal records either. So, all right. What's everybody saying in here? Um, Thank you, everything. Strange on its own doesn't mean anything. Neurodivergent people get falsely accused of all kinds of things all the time just because they don't act like the rest of us. That's true. Uh, Tina says, oh, Lord, I lost so much respect for a lot of true crime YouTube people over this case. Just entertaining horrible calls, just spewing false info. I know. But it's great for the downloads and great for the views. Delaney, the only thing that gets me and is true is that he uploaded his request for people to participate in a study regarding them committing crimes and their feelings before and after was done without him being in his doctor, his doctor program yet. Yeah, Mark, the various discussion groups on Idaho are outrageous with their theories. The same in the Delphi case. The extreme number of innocent people that get accused is disgusting. Yeah. People's lives have been ruined by speculation, speculation, speculation. That's why we don't do that on on the Unfound podcast. We are not here to ruin people's lives. But like I also say, I can't help it sometimes as the facts sometimes make certain people look guilty. I can't help that. Mark and I formulate opinions and theories just like everyone else, but I keep them to myself. I don't puke them on Facebook. And one professor is apparently suing that creator. I don't know anything about that. Deborah, I believe he thinks he is smarter than anyone else. Therefore, he thinks he could get away with it. Mark and Indy, yeah, yes, and I hope the professor wins that case. It's an example of a crazy theory that harmed an innocent person. Uh, Coffee never thought about that. Orky, Colonial Parkway, fantastic job on that one. Orky, you're very kind. Thank you. And I realize what I'm saying here flies in the face of anything you're going to read or hear or see anywhere else. I get that, but that's that's what we do. And this is... um, one of the ideas that I've tried to pass along to criminal justice majors uh, when I've spoken to them 
one of the big things is know it when you see it. Don't guess. Don't try to get into some deep psychology or, or anything else. Disappearances are fairly straightforward if you know what you're looking at. Knowing the facts, asking the right questions when you show up to fill out a report, if you know what you're hearing, will quickly point you in the right direction. Ed, in the I just woke up and she was gone story, sometimes doesn't even them occur on my record either. I know. I know it, Delaney. So moving on, I want to talk about this because this happened not too far away. And this just is an example of surely a forensic psychologist could not have predicted this either. Two Florida men killed each other in a deadly shootout at their shared business. The shooting occurred Thursday afternoon at their business located uh, in Lakeland, Florida, which is about an hour that direction. While the Polk County Sheriff's Office did not release the name of the business, a Google search shows services service on site of Central Florida, an automotive service business at an address, at the address. The business partners, 31-year-old Akaito Bennett and 39-year-old Xavier Figueroa, shot each other, according to the Polk County Sheriff's Office. Bennett reportedly died at the scene of the shooting, while Figueroa attempted to leave the business in his, in his truck, but he died later from the gunshot industry. This was an, an avoidable tragedy stemming from a disagreement between business partners. We all have an obligation to our friends, our family, and our society at large to talk things out instead of turning to violence. These men would still be alive today, and their families would not be grieving had they been able to work out their differences civilly. Now, the reason I'm even talking about this is because being in business with somebody else is just like being married. It's the same thing. You have contracts. If somebody is not doing a very good on part of their job, then you can get out of that contract and um, (coughs) sue that person, buy that person out, take that person to court. And likewise in marriages, if somebody isn't doing their part, if somebody's cheating or whatever, you can get a divorce. But this just shows you how quickly things can go badly. Probably I'm going to guess something that had been building for a while. But what I also know is surely when this Bennett guy and this Figueroa guy got in business together, they never thought that they would end up shooting each other. This is the problem we have in so many disappearances where the police ignore the most obvious suspect. Because what do they think? Well, surely the guy wouldn't have caused his wife to disappear. I mean, we've never had any domestic violence calls here. The guy doesn't have a uh, a criminal record. They would look at them smiling on social media just a few days before she went missing. Surely the guy didn't kill the wife. But then we here we have these two guys who shot themselves each other to death. I just wonder how long. One must have drawn a gun and maybe the other one tried to draw his. I guess they both had guns at the same time. Uh, that's, I guess that's common in Florida. But in police world, if they were to look at this and if what things weren't so obvious, you know, they might be thinking, well, surely Bennett didn't kill Figueroa and Figueroa surely didn't kill Bennett. That's how messed up police get disappearances. This just shows how quickly these things can happen. This is not something that was planned. And this is what I've been saying, that when we have people who know each other this well, 
I think most of the time we have to go to the idea that these disappearances where we're talking about Rosemary Rapp, Angela Green, you've heard me name these missing people's, these missing women's names over and over and over in the last few years, few years. But I'm inclined to believe that in most of the situations, these things were not planned. They were exactly like what I'm reading in this story. Spur of the moment thing, and, in, and instead of the both uh, the man and woman, the husband and wife getting injured, only one of them gets injured to the point of being murdered, and then there's a cover-up. This is how quickly it can happen. Uh, so there you go. I wanted to, um, wanted to pass that along to you. Uh, just shows you that it doesn't need to be planned for something bad to go along, go on. Now, on the other hand, as you heard me say at the, at the end of the colonial parkway disappearances, where for like the first time ever in an episode, I told you what my theory is regarding that. I have to be inclined to believe that there was some planning that went into that beforehand. Somebody who knew those two were going to be at that party, somebody who knew that that the the killing of um, Kathy and Rebecca could be used as a diversion, someone who knew that the police were already thinking about a serial killer. This was already on somebody's mind, I think, at the time that Sandra and Keith showed up at that party. I know it's a very extravagant idea, but I think that there are there are facts to make that um, to make that believable. Um, so just think about that. So that might be an exception to what I'm talking about here, but most of the time when I'm thinking that one person caused the disappearance of another and they knew each other. I think most of the time it is crimes of passion, which certainly these two guys killing each other was. Let me move on to this. This is, uh, falls under the category of police uh, police officer behaving badly. A California Highway Patrol captain in the Sutter Yuba area was found dead in the state of Tennessee, officials said Tuesday. Her death comes months after her husband's shooting death. A Napa man, Napa, California, Napa man recently arrested at Sacramento International Airport has been charged with the husband's murder. The Clay County Sheriff in Tennessee told KCRA3 that Julie Harding was found dead Saturday morning in the county with a gunshot wound and that her death investigation was handed over to the state. CHP said Julie was on leave at the time she died. The Clay County Sheriff also confirmed that Julie's husband, Michael Harding, disappeared while in the county and was found dead in Kentucky. A source told the TV uh, channel that Michael was shot and killed in Kentucky. The Sacramento County Sheriff's Office said it assisted Kentucky authorities in arresting Thomas Francis O'Donnell on Thursday at the Sacramento International Airport in connection with Michael's killing. The Sheriff's Office said the warrant for O'Donnell's arrest was issued in Cumberland County, Kentucky on a murder charge. O'Donnell is in the Sacramento County Main Jail and is waving a hearing on extradition to Kentucky. He has a criminal history that involves stalking and threatening to kill an ex-girlfriend in the Houston area. Now, you may be thinking, well, this sounds like this guy might have killed the husband and then tracked down the wife and killed her. 
Nope, because I'm going to read another story to you right now. Ring camera footage appears to show a California Highway Patrol captain whose death is being investigated along with the murder of her husband, husband stealing his dog from the Tennessee home of his girlfriend. Now, remember, she lives in California. There she is in Tennessee stealing her ex-husband's dog. You can see the video. It's out there. You can Google it. Julie Harding, who is now deceased, uh, the CHP Yuba Sutter commander, was found dead Saturday in her Tennessee home Two days after both she and the man accused of killing her husband, Michael Harding, were arrested for separate cases. The Murfreesboro Police Department said Julie was arrested for stalking and burglarizing the home of Michael's girlfriend. In October, the woman who was dating Michael filed two separate warrants for the arrest of Julie to Murfreesboro Police. The first came on October 10th when the woman caught Julie on her ring camera. The video shows what appears to be Julie coming up to the front door of Mike's girlfriend's home and calling a dog's name Charlie. Oh, that's funny, because uh, nephew Charlie, who was Mike's dog. The woman took custody of the dog after Mike died. Documents from Murfreesboro Police show Mike's girlfriend told police she was willing to give the dog to Julie if they met at a nearby police department. Video shows Julie grabbing the dog by the collar and leaving the home, and I've seen this video which is when Mike's girlfriend filed a report. Julie had worked with CHP since 1999 and became a commander of the Yuba Sutter Division in 2018. It is unknown if someone shot Julie if the gunshot wounds were self-inflicted. Meanwhile, the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office said it helped Kentucky authorities arrest Thomas Francis O'Donnell at the Sacramento International Airport in connection with Michael's death. He now awaits extradition back to Kentucky where Michael was found shot and killed in September. Pretty clear to me what happened. This uh, Julie, uh, Julie Harding hired this guy to kill her husband. And I think that the killer, when he thought he was going to get caught, he killed her too. And I would not be too surprised that um, I think probably what they're going to be able to figure out fairly easily is that this guy who is now in custody, Thomas Francis O'Donnell, Tom O'Donnell, good uh, Irish name, knew Julie Harding somehow. Surely, surely knew her, maybe, and being these from also from California, maybe she had arrested him at one point. Maybe they were lovers. Maybe he was a criminal and they became lovers or something like that. Pretty sure that is what went down here. Pretty, pretty sure. But a CHP, what CHP means, California Highway Highway Patrol. Remember Chips, that show from the early 1980s with Poncharella, uh, was that the guy's name? Uh, Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox. Chips, remember that show? That was like the coolest show back in the day. She was not just a police officer. She, she was a commander and surely... Um, hired this guy to kill her ex-husband, probably over jealousies with a new girlfriend, and she's going over there and stealing the dog. It's all right there for everyone to see. Uh, I'm at least open to the idea that maybe Julie thought that she was going to get caught and uh, shot herself. Relationships, man, they are a killer. 
what does get into people's heads? That uh, This is one of those situations you run into surely when this woman became um, – Well, uh, Tina's saying, I'm so excited because this was my first time catching a live. If I get too talkative, feel free to tell me to shut it. Well, Tina, we're almost done. So you can talk as much as we want, uh, you want, but we're going to be done in 10 minutes. But you uh, just keep it nice, and uh, Shri will keep an eye on you. But we got no problem with people that want to type stuff. But you got to believe just how people's lives go downhill. Surely when Julie Harding became a California Highway Patrol officer in 1999, that there was no way that she could have predicted that 23 years later that she would be breaking into her ex-husband's house, taking his dog or their dog or whatever, uh, and being involved in some murder plot and her end up dead. Just hard to imagine but it happens just like the like i said in the previous those two guys they could have gone into business with anybody or they didn't have to go into business with anybody at all they could have just been independent contractors or had their own business or whatever else two guys decide to own a business together and before you know it they're shooting each other and then here a woman who is in a profession who should know better put herself right in the middle of this murder plot. And I am certainly inclined to believe that she had everything to do with her ex-husband's murder. Just crazy. But this is just can never, it's one of those things you can never underestimate anybody. Just don't know the lengths that people will go to when they're emotionally distraught, when they're stressed, when they're desperate, they're jealous, they're envy. You can never rule out anything. And I don't need to be a forensic psychologist to know that. So you can look that story up. I'm guessing eventually... um, that they'll release whether it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound or uh, she was murdered. I, I can see both making a lot of sense in that. I also want to uh, move on to this. This is kind of a funnier story. At least nobody died. I was going to read this story last week, but ran out of time. Baby Jesus. A baby Jesus stolen from a nativity scene in Fort Worth, Texas, has been returned days after a suspect swiped the figure from its manger. The male suspect stole baby Jesus from the nativity scene on display at Sundance Square in downtown Fort Worth on December 17th at 2 a.m. Police released footage of the man taking the baby Jesus from the manger and jumping down from the display. Police also released pictures of another man holding the figure. (laughs) Police said, not a very wise man to steal from the nativity scene in Sundance Square, the police department wrote, along with the video. As police in the community searched for the baby Jesus, a Christmas miracle occurred and the figure was returned. Fort Worth Police Police Department did a great job. Sundance Square Security Director Zach Murphy told local news, and he's already back here with us before Christmas, might I add. Now you should know 
that these two guys were caught. I don't know what kind of charges they are going to face, but um, this is, by the way, this is a thing. You know where I'm going to this. You might not know this, but this is actually a thing. There is a Wikipedia page devoted to people stealing baby Jesus's or Jesus. Is it Jesus's or Jesus? I don't know. Baby Jesus's from nativity scenes. It has its own Wikipedia page if you would like to check it out. Um, you know, how big of a penalty should these two guys get? I don't know. At least the baby Jesus was returned. Seems like more of a prank than anything. Maybe, dare I say, something that a younger Ed Denzel might have done back in the day. No, he never sold a baby Jesus. But like I said, I, I've stated many times. Um... I was more of a mischievous guy as a kid than actually technically a lawbreaker. Uh, I love a good uh, mischievous caper as much as anybody. Um, And I certainly pulled a few off back in the day. No shoplifting or anything like that. I don't want to get crazy like that, but just mischievous stuff. And this kind of uh, reminds me of that. And as I write in my notes here, and I'm not even inclined to believe that it's Satanists or atheists who are doing this. Maybe just drunk people or, or something. But it would seem to make sense. Well, baby Jesuses uh, are getting stolen during the Christmas season. It must be uh, people who want Christmas to go away and everything. And I'm not convinced of that at all but there are a lot of stories out there like this to the point there is its own wikipedia page um who would have thunk it uh there's one more story i'm not gonna have a chance to get to kind of the same thing new jersey woman is accused of fatally shooting her husband on christmas day and mary lou wigglesworth which is a great last name uh killed david uh, shot david wigglesworth in, um, where was this? May's Landing uh, in Atlantic County. I didn't even get to see where the, what the state is. But um, lots of people out there who know each other killing each other. Very sad. But as the FBI has done studies, 80% of the time, that's what the crime is. Uh, people who know each other committing violence against each other. Tina says, oh, now I know the schedule. Yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern every Monday night, Tina. I heard about the stolen Jesus story all the way over here, did you? That's that's funny. Uh, happens all the time, Delane says. Ten Hail Marys for them. Yeah, Deborah says that's funny. Delane, it happens here at least once during Christmas every year. And Delane also is kind of like stealing school mascots. Yeah, yeah, that's... But those things are at... School mascots are sometimes living animals or something, which is kind of scary. All right, uh, Shree's getting out of here. I just want to go over this Friday's episode. You can look it out. I don't have a name for it yet. But the disappearance we are covering this Friday, as long as, um, as long as the interview happens on Wednesday night, and right now I have no reason to believe it won't take place, we're going to be covering the disappearance of Evelyn Piper. 
who went missing on uh, November 30th of 1994 from Columbus, Georgia. Very strange circumstance in which she called up her daughter one day, who will be one of the guests, and said, you know what? Uh, I'm flying to Israel and I'm going to get married over there. Her family, she was a single woman. They didn't even know she was dating anybody. But lo and behold, uh, when her car was eventually found, it was at the local airport. The problem is that Evelyn Piper did not have a passport, so there was no way she could get into Israel. So you can start looking that one up. Evelyn Piper from Columbus, Georgia, 19, uh, November 30th, 1994, so right after Thanksgiving. And the guests at least are going to be her daughter, Debbie, and her sister, Millie, um, who I have both spoken to. So I think uh, I'm going to interview both of them at the same time, kind of like I did with uh, Joyce and Chris, uh, Keith Call's brother and sister. So you can look that one up. So what's everybody else? Uh, Sheree's getting out of here. Deborah's getting out of here. Everybody, thank you. I'd love you with you. Thank you so much. Suzanne, Boston. Well, Boston, I didn't even know you were in here. I'm just seeing your name right now. What's the deal? I'm just seeing you right now. I didn't even know you were in here tonight. Good to see you. I hope you had a nice uh, Christmas and New Year's. All right, that's all I got. Uh, did a lot of stuff today. Uh did a little show and tell from Christmas. Um, great New Year's party, New Year's resolutions. I'm, of course, back here in Florida. It was beautiful here today, by the way. Talked about the poll. Talked about No One Found Now. The newsletter's going away. Changes to the YouTube channel. Kind of went off on forensic psychology and all of that. And that is it. So um, that's it. Good to see you, Charlie, in here. I uh, hope you and the kids had a great Christmas out there in Colorado, and that's all I got. Please give this video a thumbs up. Please consider becoming a Patreon supporter or PayPal or join this channel. I'm done. I hope 2023 is all you hope it to be. Good night. <laughs>